0: hey this is sam with west virginia overtime and i am glad to be back doing a wrestling podcast i haven't did one since uh october 24th uh for those of you who didn't know um october 30th i attended the aew event the television event here in charleston west virginia and was really impressed with that, and I'm going to get into that in the next episode of um, Wrestling Podcast that I do. I'm going to talk about an AEW kind of update. But for this update, we're going to do a WWE company update, and I'm kind of questioning are there really three. Brands now. Um, that seems to be the way that WWE is headed. Um, not two shows, but kind of two brands. And then they wanted NXT to kind of be the minor leagues, and they have now promoted them and almost given them an equal standing as for all in SmackDown. So I believe that WWE as far as a company update has three different complete brands now. Um, uh, I think they have superstars on all of the shows and I I think that's gonna be great for wrestling. Um you know everybody wants to talk about a wwe aew war i'm not too sure that it is not a wwe brand war first i think um Originally, Fox thought that they were going to be the A show. They were going to get the best of the best. Of course, USA always assumes that Raw, since it's three hours, that it's the A show. And I really think after Survivor Series and the last two weeks, NXT is kind of making a play for being one of the best shows Um with takeover and survivor series this past weekend so i just kind of want to take some time catch you up on some things and kind of free flow this um i've got some bullet points wrote down but i don't you know i don't have a script or anything i just kind of want to talk off the top of my head about what i'm seeing what i'm feeling uh where i think things are going and just kind of get caught up from here on out i'm hoping um that I'm going to be able to give you three shows a week on WWE programs and then an AEW show. Um, I may do maybe a Tuesday night show, um, where we kind of discuss, uh, power and, um, Empire wrestling and some of the other things maybe new japan and any rumors or gossip or anything that's going on i had that plan in the beginning and uh since october 24th i have taken on a new job i'm i'm coaching uh, assistant coaching Uh, basketball and basketball season started in november and so i've kind of trying to be getting in the flow with that with practicing you know every day by sunday and so my podcasting has been kind of hit or miss so hoping to get back on the schedule and and do wrestling uh three four times a week um we're looking at a paranormal review show definitely at least once a week maybe two or three times a week and then we're going to be doing um, middle school and high school sports uh, at least once a week and hopefully twice a week Uh, catching everybody up on scores, what's going on and then kind of having a mini episode um, about the big picture of of coaching so that's kind of what the lineup's gonna look like for right now may throw in some other topics here and there uh, when i've got time or when i've got interest but for for right now um that's kind of what we're shooting for that may be too much to uh bite off with you know two games a week and four practices plus scouting but um we're we're gonna see so let's kind of get started. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is the fiend versus uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, when I was thinking about that, I when the fiend first come out on you know the Miz show and attacked Daniel Bryan, I was a little on the fence. I wasn't 100% sure what was going on. I wasn't 100% sure that I wanted Daniel Bryan to get into that program. I wasn't sure that The Fiend needed to be going after Daniel Bryan. Because um, I feel like Daniel Bryan was just kind of hitting his stride with his heel character, with his, you know earth movement and standing up for what is right you know climate control and he was really hitting some hot points and was a different kind of heel and and i was really enjoying that and then wwe has tried to portray the fiend as the heel from the get-go and he is getting baby face pops. Uh, the crowd is going wild when they're seeing the Fiend. And so, I, when I saw this attack, I was like, what's going on here? You know, who is the baby face? Are they trying to just, you know, kind of let the Fiend become a baby face? Are they trying to turn Daniel Bynn back? Are they regretting letting him turn heel? Um, I really wasn't a hundred percent sure. I listened to Corey Graves' um, podcast. It's called After the Bell. And I, I really enjoy that podcast. I, I wish Corey Graves was just a little bit more behind the scenes, a little bit more truthful, telling us, you know, what exactly is going on. But I feel like he is doing as much as he can and he's kind of pushing the envelope. I'm interested in next week seeing the New Days podcast come out and see what that's going to be about. If it's going to be them uh, basically screwing around and throwing pancakes at me in a podcast then you know i'm gonna uh, unsubscribe to that pretty quickly because i'm not a big fan of the new day in the ring however the things they do out of the ring and Interviews that I've heard them do as themselves. I really like them as individuals So I kind of want to see if they're going to kayfabe it and and be the new day and be you know the positive team in and, and almost a borderline preachy team or Are they you know going to be themselves? So You can't really tell by their trailer. Xavier Woods sounds like he's going to be himself. He's he's wanting to talk a little bit about video games. He's wanting to talk about some of his interest. But then in the trailer, you hear some of the um, typical New Day garbage. So I'm not sure whether I'm going to like that podcast. But in The Corey Graves... um, after the Bell podcast, he mentioned something that I had not thought about because it has been a while of Daniel Bryan getting involved with the Wyatt family and then kind of turning on them and how Bray Wyatt then felt betrayed and how they have been portraying, you know, Bray Wyatt in his uh, fun house as warning people. Almost warning people that, you know, The Fiend hasn't forgotten, that The Fiend is getting people back, that The Fiend is making people pay. And even though they really haven't mentioned it on TV, you know, Corey Graves mentioned that in the podcast and it got me thinking. Mentioned that on TV. If they would have did a storyline about that, if they would have did a video package kind of reminding us of that or somehow had bray in the the fun house and him you know looking off and and remembering that and did a video package I i think it would have made a lot more sense to me so I I, I feel like they, that they are having you know good interaction good man uh, matches as, far as with survivor series I'm I'm hoping this progresses. I hope they don't just kind of throw it away. I also feel like they've been dropping hints that the Miz is going to get involved. And I'm really hoping for that. I am one that thought when Daniel Bryant got cleared and could come back from his neck injury that he and the Miz would just explode and i thought that that would be you know the wrestlemania event i thought that you know the Miz and and daniel bryant they just have this chemistry when they're doing promos when you know they're in the ring together and i really think that they could put together a very um, interesting program that could end in a absolutely great classic match. So I, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode. Um, they're saying tomorrow night... Or when you're listening to this on Friday night, uh, SmackDown, that Bray is going to bring someone new into the Funhouse. So that's got me a little intrigued. I'm wondering if it's a if it's another puppet uh, like the Mr. McMahon Devil puppet, or is he legitimately bringing someone in? The rumor is that he's going to be bringing Liv Morgan in she has been on the sidelines and they said that she has been retooling a character every time bray Wyatt appears if you go on twitter Liv morgan is always doing some kind of tweet so um, the rumor is that they're going to bring her back his sister abigail however i think you know that that would be a bad thing as far as you know randy orton burning the cabin down in the woods and and basically scattering Sister Abigail, so I kind of hope Liv Morgan comes back as someone else. And, um, Bray kind of tutors her and makes her this um, unbelievable villain heel in the women's division because I think Liv Morgan can do that and I would love for Bray to come out and be her valet in her women's matches but her also kind of be his valet so kind of in a wait-and-see mood as far as that really uh am enjoying Kevin Owens. Um I I love that he's back. I have always enjoyed his character. I enjoy his promos. Um I definitely enjoy his wrestling. Um was a little confused with, you know, him showing up on the NXT side of things and then during Seth Rollins is, they're they're calling it a heel turn where he had the town hall meeting and he was kind of putting everyone down. Um, I didn't really take that as him putting people down. I almost took it as him saying the truth, saying what the fans have been thinking, saying what the dirt sheet writers have been thinking. So I, I didn't get you know real bent out of shape and go oh my gosh i think seth's turning heel i think he could if he was turning heel he probably should have been a lot meaner he probably should have did a lot more heelish tactics i kind of felt like he was playing the um, the line there a little bit i get the feeling that seth rollins the man doesn't really want to be a heel he He was great at the arc. Architect, you know, after he turned on the shield, and he had that run where he was with Triple H and Stephanie, I I felt he was in his element, and so I didn't I didn't really truly believe it when he became a baby face, and since they have pushed him as the top baby face, I feel like he's failed because I feel like he's not really in his element. So I'm pretty excited about them calling this a, a heel turn um I like Kevin Owens also as a heel. So for him to turn babyface and kind of go up against Seth not real sure uh of that and how that's going to work. Um can't help but think that you know Shane is eventually going to come back and get into this. But um, I feel like Kevin and Seth work really well together and that we're going to see definitely some great promos. But hopefully, you know, some good matches and some good back and forth. Hopefully, this is something I really wish WWE would string their programs out. I hate that we we have a pay-per-view such as Survivor Series and then brand new feuds you know, start that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And they basically just last until the next pay-per-view, and then then they start a new program. I like the days of wrestling where they built programs up over, you know, a while. I hate 50-50 booking, so I don't want to see Kevin and Seth go back and forth for the next two weeks, have a match at TLC, and one of them win, let's say, And um, then they have a yak fest, basically, or tag team fest, or an eight-man tag team garbage that they throw out there all the time and then have a match at the next pay-per-view that kevin wins and and then they talk in all their three or four weeks and have again six man matches and and draws and disqualifications and then there's a rubber match I I hate that garbage. I wish they would put together a nice program that is long-term, that doesn't have 50-50 booking. Um, I remember, you know, back when I was younger, um, I don't remember, you know, what a generation it was, but I can remember where, people cut promos against each other for, you know, two to three months, and they were on TV every week, and they never touched. They um, were having matches against different people, or people around the people that they were cutting promos against, but they never actually got in the ring, and it built that Suspense of that that who is going to win and when it finally um, accumulated in a pay-per-view you actually wanted to see it you actually wanted to know who was gonna win it And it was very rare for it to continue because once it was ended, you know, you might see it followed up the following week Where someone was gloating, someone, you know, maybe injured and they're whining around or something like that. But a lot of times it didn't continue. You know, they moved on. But they were longer programs where you got to know the characters, you got to see them interact, you got to see their feelings about each other, and explore their personalities. And I kind of really wish we would go back to that. I feel like I know Charlotte and Becky because they did a long-term program, and they've done it several times, and I feel like how they know about each other, which kind of... You know brings me to the next thing is I uh, after having these programs and seeing charlotte and becky go against each other they really haven't gave me a reason for them to be tag partners they haven't made up um they still cut on um they don't have a whole lot of chemistry i don't think i don't see them piling around with each other uh wwe has really dropped the ball with this it's like they're forcing them together and i know that they did that with sheamus and cesaro and they become the bar and they became close and friends and when social media outside of wwe you actually saw that and it made it more real it made it understandable but with becky and charlotte you know you're not seeing that you're you're still seeing them come out to two different music they're they're not a tag team they're two single stars being thrown together so them all of a sudden going after the tag team titles I just really find that unbelievable. They haven't shown me a reason. You know, tell me that Charlotte wants to go after the tag team titles because she has a problem with Asuka that uh, she doesn't want Oscar to have that title anymore but also she wants to be a tag team champion to add to her list that she wants to become the greatest female wrestler ever and and you know possibly the greatest wrestler man or woman ever and that she wants to accumulate titles and that she believes that friending Becky or partnering with Becky will be able to get her to her desired goal. You know, Becky, she wants to be Becky Two Belts again. So, have her cut a promo oh, and, and actually say that. It, it just really irks me when I don't have a reason why these characters are acting like the way they're acting. It, it just is getting on my nerves. I find myself fast forwarding through matches. I DVR... Um, almost all of my wrestling because I hate the commercials but um, I find myself even fast forwarding some during the matches or especially when they're doing that picture in picture commercial garbage um, I can't stand that because it, I don't have the commentary the, the box is really small and I don't like commercials and so I I, I just I didn't care about the Charlotte Oscar match, I, I you know, I kind of felt like it was gonna end in Oscar spraying the green mist all over Charlotte, so I kind of kept forward, fast forward until it got there. So uh, I didn't see Becky come out, you know, and save her or meet her in the back and try to clean her up or to say, you know, I'm gonna revenge your honor or anything like that. And so this was just an unbelievable storyline and then you know kind of out of the blue um we've had the original club kind of unite um with aj styles and carl anderson and galloway and i don't know how i feel about that calling them the original club they aren't the original club uh, AJ Styles wasn't the one that started the Bullet Club over in New Japan, and this is what Vince McMahon is referring to when he's calling them the original club. He has them doing the 2 Sweet sign. Um, actually, Finn Balor was. So, are they eventually going to link up to Finn Vowler? They're letting Finn um, hint in NXT that he is becoming Prince Devlin again. So, I'm not really getting the, the OC. So... I definitely didn't understand the Fatal Four Way match and Rey Mysterio who just challenged Brock Lesnar who just failed at that, you know, winning this and then getting a title shot against AJ and then beating him. Um again, just find that really unbelievable. You're in a match with Brock Lesnar you know, he's supposed to be this beast, this monster. Um, why didn't he destroy Ray? And why is Ray competing, you know, the very next night? And how is he able to overcome a fader four way and still have the energy to take on AJ Styles? And then with Dominic. You know, getting involved. The, I will agree with you wholeheartedly. The double 619 was absolutely awesome, and having you know Randy Orton come in the ring and do an arcade out of nowhere and Ray getting the title that way also, you know, was a was a big thing. But they're not giving me believable reasons why ray all of a sudden wants this title they're not giving me believable reasons why is randy orton now you know helping ricochet out why is he helping ray out are they creating a new stable you know, is it going to be Ray and Randy Orton and Ricochet against the original club with Anderson and Galloway and AJ? Are are we going to see a lot of six man stuff for the next couple of weeks and then they're going to put them in TLC? Is that what they're planning? Um, You know, your guess is as good as mine. I don't want to see that i i have no desire to see randy ricochet and ray against um the original club in a tlc match and i don't care what the stipulation is i i have no desire to see that so unless they can figure it out and make me want to to believe it and get interested in it which i don't have any faith that they will um, I'm I'm definitely not looking forward to it. I'm just I'm just not. I'm I'm not looking forward to it. You know, the thing that I remember the thing I liked about Randy Orton was him sticking his finger through Jeff Hardy's ear hole and um, you know, having the, the screwdriver. Well that doesn't fit with the supermodel mold that they've now cast ricochet in. And you know, Ray has always been basically this good guy. So why is Randy with them? Is he planning on turning on them? I'm just not understanding where they're going. And, And I hate that. It's not that I want you to spell everything out for me. I love twists and turns. I love shocks. I love heel turns or good guy turns or where you find out that somebody's been playing someone else. But I just get the feeling that, you know, WWE is throwing things up against the wall and seeing what sticks. And it just drives me crazy. And talk about throwing things up against the wall. What is up with Bobby Lashley and Rusev? This needs to end. You know, I I hate to join the bandwagon on that, but this sucks. Um, you know, for the first two, three weeks, they have Bobby Lashley and and Lana coming out, and Rusev has this look on his face like he could care less. He's not going after him. He... You know, is not running up the ramp to stop this. He's not hiding in a corner and beating the crap out of Bobby Lashley. He's not breaking down hotel room doors and catching them and and beating the crap out of Bobby Lashley. They have him sitting there taking it. And when the fans, you know, started hating it, the dirt sheets started hating it, all of the podcast teams started getting involved, you know, it was almost like WWE said, well, we got to make Rusev fight. Well, he finally does. And it's unbelievable. You know, Monday night, you saw Rusev crazy. You saw the crazy look of the Bulgarian. You saw him being taken away from the police, breaking away from them to do, you know, other things to scare Lana. You know, that's the Rusev I like. Um, turn him heel let him be crazy let this lana thing have knocked him off his rocker i think that that would be absolutely awesome and let's do away with bobby lashley he is absolutely worthless yes he has a bodybuilding yes he is athletic i don't care he does not have the ability to play any character that I give um, a crap about, and he cannot talk for himself. And Lana is not a great promo. She just is not natural on the mic. You know, we've seen on Total Divas where Natty has tried to help her, where Naya has tried to help her, where different people, um, Natty's dad tried to talk to her. You know, Daniel Bryan has tried to talk to her. She's just not getting it. Um, I can't believe that I heard today that she has signed another extension. This program is garbage and it has shown the weaknesses of uh lana she can't wrestle and now she can't talk on the mic correctly um so why is she signing an extension i don't believe if you cut her tomorrow aew would hire her i believe that that you know, Kenny Omega and Brandy Rhodes are running the women's division over there. And I don't think that they have an interest in this unless they want her to be an interviewer backstage or something. Um, so I think they can legitimately cut Lana and just say adios. And she doesn't have a job. Um, as far as Bobby Lashley, I think with you know how he works out his body type his athleticism i think someone is always gonna say hey we can change him we can make him better you can't but i think someone will always be willing to take a shot on that but i still would do away with him or you've got to get him a mouthpiece um he did Fairly well, you know, with Leo Rush. If I was gonna do this Rusev angle, I would have brought back Aiden English, or or something like that. Uh, Leo Rush did really well with him, but I just I want this angle to end. It, it's just crazy, and I don't even want to talk about Brock. Who knows when Brock will come back? He's not getting involved in TLC you know it's around Christmas it's December 15th he is home with his family he is not coming back out he is definitely not gonna you know do a TLC match so I look for us not even to see Brock until after the first of the year unless it's on video and so I I just don't know why he has the belt. I don't know why, you know, bring him in and kind of treat him as a legend and let him be in short programs, but quit giving him the belt. Quit, you know, acting like he is this undefeatable nightmare who just basically is unwilling to show up. Let's, let's just call it good, call it, you know, what it is. However, for the last two weeks, you know, NXT has been invading Raw and SmackDown. You know, Raw and SmackDown invaded NXT last week. They had TakeOver. They had Survivor Series. And and I just really think that Keith Lee and Adam Cole uh, really shined. During this, um, Keith Lee is a special talent. I know he's been around 14, 15 years. I don't understand why someone hasn't really discovered him and molded him and made him into the superstar that I think that he can be. He is so athletic um, with the way that, you know, he can get up on the top rope and do a frog frog splash. But, you know, he also um, can absolutely do a shoulder block, just something simple as a shoulder block. And it makes me think that he really can drive someone, you know, out of the ring. And so I think that Keith Lee has the makings of being um, a superstar. And they said that Vince was very impressed with him. A lot of people have been knocking Adam Cole because of his stature, because of him being short. i i think he's got the it factor though you see the crowds reacting to him you know not just the his intro music where he's doing the baby um it it's just something electric that he brings he's got this it factor that the crowds respond to and some of them are right there with him, and they love the Undisputed Era, and they love him being the leader of it, and then you've got this other side that wants to see him get his butt kicked, and that cockiness just wore off of him and it's almost that polarizing figure that you see out of John Cena and I really think that WWE needs to take advantage of it leave him in NXT right now you've got so many injuries not saying you know put him on Raw or SmackDown because like I said I think NXT is it's own brand but I think that they really need to be using Adam Cole to promote this product and as far as the two win. That shined. I mean, how can you ask anything more out of Shayna Baszler? You know, I was impressed with Shayna Baszler in MMA, but I mean, since she has come to pro wrestling, she has lit it on fire. Um, her promos are so much better and meaner and evil now and you truly get into it and believe it you truly believe that you know she's gonna make somebody take a nap or she's gonna snap some body part and i i just love that i hate her going up against rhea ripley though because i think that rhea ripley has that evil streak that uh badness about her that look paige talked about it on you know wwe backstage which is going to be you know my next topic that i want to talk about but i believe rhea ripley made herself a star This year, or this week, I think, you know, the things she did when when they were invading and then leading up to War Games and Survivor Series, I just think Rhea Ripley... Um, made herself a star I hate that it looks like she's on a collision course with Shayna because I think that you're going to have to turn her a little bit of a baby face and I just don't think that's her personality I don't think that's where her character lies so um, I wish they could have built someone else up to possibly take the title from Shayna and then Rhea uh, immediately get it but um, really enjoying both of these ladies and in us XT now a lot of people want to talk about Tuesday's uh, backstage show the WWE backstage show I think that Renee young has found her place I um, uh, I liked her on commentary most of the time. I think that a lot of times she didn't get a chance to talk. I think it hurt her that her and Corey Graves are friends in real life. And I think Corey took advantage of it a lot. So that you didn't get to hear a lot of Vernee's opinions. I wish when she was on commentary. That they didn't expect her to really commentate the match. But actually I wish she would have told stories. I wish that she would have told um behind the scenes stuff or run-ins that she had had with the people in the ring and and kind of gave them that personality background that the stories needed but um they didn't want to let her evolve i think someone was in her ear a lot and i don't think that she truly ever got comfortable on the commentary desk However, I think she's found her home running the WWE backstage show. She seems very comfortable in the knowledge that she portrays and throwing it to other people and knowing exactly what to be doing. However, Booker T being her partner is a joke. I can't stand Booker T. I... Um think that or i feel that he thinks he's funny and he's just not i think he's doing his gimmicks that he did back in the day they don't work now i think people think that a lot of times he's a laughing stock i know numerous people that talk about his wrestling school and how cool it is and how much you learn and how knowledgeable Booker, booker t actually is However, I don't think on this show he portrays that. I don't think he gives out any knowledge or hidden secrets or he really gets into probing people for answers or correcting them or anything like that. Um, That is one thing I do with the Stone Cold podcast is I feel like Stone Cold is himself... And he doesn't care to call someone out. He doesn't care to talk about wrestling moves, the holds, how how things work. And I just don't feel like Booker T does that on this show. I think he misses his cues to turn it to other people because he wants to be the center of attention. I think that's why he took the show. I really wish that they would have just went with CM Punk as her co-host um i think he would have been more beneficial and more what they needed and renee could have been the baby face and presenting the wwe kind of side of things whereas punk would have been the antagonist um heel character presenting the dirt sheets the fans um the logical point of view and you could have saw them kind of butting heads in different segments i don't think booker t can play that character however i love christian and Paige being there uh, i feel like the more and more I watch it, the more comfortable they get. I wish Booker T would shut up sometimes because I feel Christian has that knowledge. He's willing to share it when he's not... um going off on one of his tangents like about his birds like he he does on his podcast but i really 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 think that christian is very knowledgeable he is up on different topics and can see where possible things are leading love Paige, i absolutely love her feel like she is trying to be her herself i wonder if they're in her ear telling her to tone it down some just because i feel like she's a little bit guarded i feel like she is not um feeling that she is safe in this show um but some of the comments that she has made have been very insightful when they're doing the promo of the week where they bring you know an athlete out and they cut a promo against somebody. I think some of her criticism or her praise is really on spot on. I think that she really gets to the essence of it and. People enjoy her. People really enjoy her back and forth. I think her and Renee have this bond. I wish they would let them interact more. You know, on this week's episode on Tuesday night, you know, there was a point where Renee said that Rhea Ripley had gotten something um liked Paige's boyfriend's music and really got something out of it and it helped her character and you know with Paige's bond with Renee she just jokingly said and you could tell it was not planned it was off the cuff she says I'm glad you know she likes my boyfriend but she better stay away from him and that that's kind of Paige's personality that you've seen not only backstage but in the, the ring, in her promos, on Total Divas, on her Instagram. You know, I I feel like she's not playing a character, so I really enjoy her. The you know the last couple of weeks they had they've had Samoa Joe doing some commentary, and he was on backstage this week, and and I enjoy him. Um, I've always heard from different people that he is very smart, he is very intelligent, that he can help people, that he will probably be the next person that when he retires, that they will use more as a role model, as a teacher. Um, I hope he gets a podcast and can kind of tell some stories. Um, So I really, really enjoy his evenness about some things. Now switching topics, let's let's kind of talk, you know, um, a little bit of rumors, as far as uh, Mario Renato, and Corey Graves. Everybody heard that this kind of blew up, you know, this week. They have went back and forth before, but Corey was, you know, tweeting that takeover that Mario was. Um, Mario was just running his mouth way too much and not letting nigel and beth phoenix talk and it's true you know morrow gets going and he sometimes forgets that hey i've got two people here that have a greater knowledge of what exactly things feel like i feel like uh morrow is an excellent announcer but he can only give you so much and so i think a lot of times he needs to pull back a little bit uh and allow people to give their expertise he reminds me sometimes about from um he reminds me of larry merchant the boxing uh, announcer on hbo uh, back in the 80s and 90s um, wh- when he got going he didn't want to give up the mic now luckily Jim Lampley was in control and could get it back but with Morrow running the show it's real hard for Nigel or Beth Phoenix to really jump in there and get their points across and I think both are very knowledgeable I would like to hear more of uh, Beth Phoenix so Corey was tweeting that and From the rumors, Morrow has had a breakdown that he is going through a really rough time, he didn't show up for Survivor Series, he didn't show up for NXT, Um, and it's unknown whether he's coming back next week. Corey, on his podcast, After the Bell, you know, apologized for this. I think that Corey thought that he was working some people. He did not think that Morrow would take it as a shoot. I truly believe that Corey did not mean to have Morrow have a meltdown. But, you know... Morrow does have issues, they're well publicized, and I hope to see him back next week, but I I, I just don't know that we will. Um, They say that uh, Vince on um, Monday night did not like Seth talking back to the audience when they were doing the CM Punk chants, and talking about how he had called him out, that he didn't want to show. Um, Vince is not wanting anyone really to respond to the CM Punk chants. However, this is the second time we saw AJ do it, you know, last week, and then we saw Seth do it this week. It's something that they're going to deal with. The fans are always going to be wanting to chant that and get that involved. But I also understand Vince's point of view is right now, CM Punk is not under contract. It's looking like he's not going to be under contract. So why try to pump up a feud that's never going to happen and that it's always just going to be a disappointment to the fans? And I think that's just Seth, again, making a wrong turn. I, I really wish somebody could get in Seth's ear that he truly respects and kind of get him going down the right path. I think Seth here over the last two months, has just made mistake after mistake after mistake Um, then we saw on NXT on Wednesday night you know they had the tag team and um, Bobby Fish of Undisputed Air you know at first they thought that it was either his ankle or his knee, but when you slow it down, he actually hits his head. So, you know, the rumor is, was that, you know, he wasn't aware of where he was. That's since why they had to get him backstage and Roderick Strong had to come out, you know, and he slacks and kind of help them out. But um, Bobby Fish uh, was seen walking around, backstage so we kind of know it wasn't his anchor or his knee it may be a concussion i hope that the concussion testing comes by clear for him and he is not out like alexa bliss now rumors state that alexa bliss did get cleared and that we should see her back on tv and actually in matches soon but i can't help but wonder with as many concussions and different injuries that alexa bliss has had is she going to be gun-shy? Is is she going to be shell-shocked about, you know, getting in the ring and and mixing it up? Is she going to be worth it? Or does she need to take some time off, reevaluate herself, find out whether this is truly what she wants to do or whether she wants to go and spread out and do something else? Um, I really wish that they would give her actual time off let her go back to Ohio let her be with her parents not make her come to you know functions or sign autographs or be backstage or anything like that just let her go home make some decisions you know bring her back after the first of the year and really set her down and question her about what she wants to do and if she can get back in the ring. And if she can, let's put her at the performance center and let's let her work her way back slowly. However, I just really don't think that Vince McMahon's not going to let her do that. I think she got cleared and I think we're going to see her on TV next week. So I just, I, I I really don't know. Um, Before I bring up the last two things I want to talk about, I I do want to talk about the Trompa Finn Balor match that happened. Uh, I am enjoying Finn Balor, I enjoyed him when he came up to the main rosters, Um, I hated it that he felt like he needed to take a break, I understand that he wanted to get married and he wanted to have his honeymoon, and congratulations to Finn. And since he's come back, he seems so renewed. And I guess that's why I'm pushing for Alexa Bliss to kind of do the same thing. But um, I thought that that was a really good match between Chopin and Bowler, You know, Adam Cole coming out and getting involved. And then, you know, Bowler putting to rest that he was, you know, joining the Undisputed Era was absolutely unbelievable. I truly believe that he is slowly becoming plentiful. Prince Devin, and he is going to get a new faction together, and they are going to take on the Undisputed Era. Um, Who's going to be part of that faction? I'm not sure, but I am going to enjoy it while it comes to play. Now, as all of you know, TLC is coming up in about two weeks. It's December 15th, and um, this is... This used to be a pay-per-view that I really, really looked forward to, especially when the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and, you know, um, the um, Bully Ray and and Devon Dudley were together. But now I think the TLC match has gotten stale, or the TLC pay-per-view has gotten a little stale. I don't think they're being as inventive. I don't think that they... Really use the stipulations the way they should. I I kind of want this to go away for a little bit. Let's um, you know put it on the shelf, put something else in its place, or let's not have a pay-per-view in December. How about that? How about it's the holidays and let's slow down and let's give some wrestlers times off and have them not going out and promoting a pay-per-view this month and kind of giving them some space but uh, I'm not looking forward to TLC. The last thing I want to leave you with is the Broken Skull Sessions with um, Steve Austin. I don't have the WWE Network so I, I can't wait for someone to to put it up or for them to somehow release it so that so that i can sit down and see it um i've heard from steve austin that they talked for four four and a half hours um they had to cut it down but he said you know we still didn't cover his 30-year career and so i am looking forward to hopefully wwe to let some of the reins off Undertaker and let Mark Calloway be on maybe the backstage show or, you know, be on some different podcasts or or be on different TV shows so that, that we can hear some of these stories so we can see the man behind the Undertaker and actually hear what he was thinking when he was going through some of this from some of the previews and promos that you've seen um, he doesn't think that he was a locker room leader whereas you know you talk to anybody in those areas they felt like the Undertaker really was the locker room leader and that everybody listened to him so kind of looking forward to that so guys what I'm going to be doing next is sitting down and watching AEW and I'm going to be kind of talking through what they've been doing um I know my last AEW show was October 24th um I'm not going to give you a recap really of what's been going on in November I don't want to do that but I kind of want to do kind of a state of a state um, outlook on AEW. They've been going for about nine, ten weeks, and, and just kind of want to talk about the characters that they're doing, how they're um, evolving them, or are they evolving them, and how their style is different than, than WWE, and is that, you know really working or not so i look forward to seeing you guys shortly and hopefully talking to you guys you guys know that you can write me at email me at WV, uh, overtime at gmail.com i am on twitter at overtime wv Uh, We are on Facebook and Instagram at WVOvertime, and feel free to subscribe to this podcast. I know that we've got other topics going on that you may not want to listen to, but I think if you give them a chance, you may want to listen to them. They're kind of interesting, and if you don't, then... That way, when you're subscribed, you'll be sure to get your podcast. And like I said, I hope to be getting those out on a regular basis. So talk to you soon.